Hey guys, welcome back to Unveil. This is your girl, Lady Rose. And today's topic is called Angels, Demons, and the Holy Spirit. And first, I'm going to start it off with the Holy Spirit because I had a conversation a while back with a friend who is uh, spiritual, but not biblical spiritual. She's a kumbaya type of girl who is a palm reader and she believes in spirits and she believes that that's godly, that it's holy, that it's okay. Unfortunately, I had to tell her straight out that because she asked me, why do you guys not think that my type of worship is wrong, but you guys believe in the Holy Spirit? And I told her, well, there's a difference between that. The reason why we think that the, the spirits here on the earth are not holy and do not connect you from... Uh, they're not connected to God is because those spirits are literally the fallen angels basically. And, um, they are disconnected from God. Um, and they chose that and they can never go back to heaven. They have a destination. They're not in hell right now. A lot of people think that Satan and the demons are in hell, but they're not. They're here roaming around, uh, on earth. And they also, they're described to be roaming in the air, midair. That's how the Bible describes it. So they're not in hell yet. Okay. That's going to be the second fall. And then that's, they're going to waken up and then that's going to be a third fall. But Satan already had the, the first fall and that's from being cast out from heaven and can never go go back. So how can you be connected to something you were cast out from exiled? Basically, you know, God, there's no connection. Um, so yeah. So, and then the Holy spirit is a connection to God. The Holy spirit is not talked about a lot in the old Testament, but it does say that it, it was hovering on earth when it was create, uh, God was creating earth or also the, the, the universe. Um, but it, it's, it's literally a connection to God and it's God, the Holy Spirit and Jesus, basically. So when you receive Christ, I, I believe that we're all, um, have the Holy Spirit within us. Like we are body, soul, and spirit, but your Holy Spirit is not awakened until you receive Christ. And then when you receive Christ, you are connected to God completely. And then, you know, you feed it like kind of like a muscle, you know, you feed it with reading the Bible, you worship God, you pray God to God. Cause they're two different things. Right. And then you also fast. Fasting is is a way of, you know, killing the flesh. Basically, it's kind of like something that we like to do is survival mode to eat. But when you are, um, uh, filling yourself with the word of God, then you can survive. Right. And that connects you more to the Holy spirit and, you know, more to God. So basically the old Testament, you needed a man to sacrifice animals, to forgive you. You needed a man to speak to, uh, God for you. But now because of what Jesus did, you don't need a man anymore. Meaning you don't need a priest to forgive you or to pray for you like that. You don't need a pastor. You don't need none of that. You, you already have the Holy spirit within you, um, to guide you, to forgive you, to protect you, to lead you, to correct you and all that, you know, to console you. That's how Jesus described it. I'm leaving you a counselor, something better than anybody could have. Right. Um, and by all means go to church, be taught by a leader, you know, because sometimes we think we know better, but you know, sometimes it's better to get a correction or a teaching from a more stronger spiritual leader, but they're not your source to God. They're just teaching you about God. Basically the Holy spirit is the source to connection to God. Okay. So, but in the old Testament, the Holy spirit wasn't talked about a lot. It was mostly angels that God would use to come, uh, bring, uh, messages or bring miracles or protection or anything of the above. Um, but yeah, so the Holy spirit wasn't used a lot, but the, the introduction of the Holy spirit was when, um, the angels, the, one of the angels talked to Mary and when she got pregnant, she got pregnant by the Holy spirit. Right. And then it was 
you know, that woman and they created Jesus. So when Jesus was born, he was half man, half God, right? Because there was no man involved in that intercourse. It was just, well, it wasn't an intercourse, but you know what I mean? You know what I mean? No sancochinos, but it was the Holy Spirit. And I know a lot of people ask, oh, why did he get a little girl? Well, it's because um, the little girl was still a virgin. That, and that is not only that she was a virgin, but she was pure. Like, for example, how old were you when you, were, when you started thinking about sexual thoughts, right? So God needed a pure-minded person. That's why he, he chose a little, uh, a younger girl. Um, I think she was 14. Um, but yeah, because we started having sexual uh, um, imaginations in a very young age. You'll be lying if you said no. No, no, no. Don't be a liar, right? So that's why God chose a, 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 a young girl that still didn't develop that sexual mentality. So he chose a younger girl because God cannot dwell in sin, right? So that's why he needed a, a pure-minded girl. And she was the one who chose in Mary. Um, so, and yes, perversion was all the time at every time in any time of the era on this earth, like from the beginning of that, uh, apple, when Adam and Eve ate that apple, perversion was awakening. Everything was destruction and evil and perverted ever since they ate that apple. So trust me, we think that, Oh my God, everybody's ratchet right now. Not like the old days. No, no, no. In the old days, since the beginning of civilization, there were cochinos do your history since the beginning of time, rape, everything, everything like men will pervert it. You know what I mean? And that's one of the things that I wanted to say real quick regarding the Holy spirit, because a lot of people think that if you get tatted up, um, then that that's keeping your temple, uh, dirty. That is not true. That is the outer appearance. What the Holy spirit is, is dwelling within you. It's the internal of the body, not the external of the body, because the Holy spirit is not dwelling on your skin. The Holy spirit dwelling within you. The Bible always says, every time you hear about the Holy spirit, it always says within you dwell in you or in you. That's what it always says. So if you want to have a clean temple, you know, cause a lot of people like who are religious think that it's because of tattoos. No, no, no. A clean temple. You know what it means to have a clean temple? Stay away from perversion and sexual morality and fornication. That's what it means. It's about sex and perversion. That's how you have your temple clean. Okay. It's not about anything else. A lot of people like to think, um, oh, it's, um, it's because of tattoos. No, it's about that. I could give you a quick example. First Corinthians 6, uh, 18 to 20. This is why you must keep running away from sexual immorality for ever, for every other sin in a person commits an external to their body, but immorality involves sinning against your own body. Okay. It's immorality. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the Holy spirit, holy, um, who lives within you again, who lives within you. I'm going to repeat that again to the people in the back, the Holy spirit that dwells within you. You don't belong to yourself any longer for the gift of God, the Holy spirit, right? Which is within us lives inside your sanctuary, lives inside your sanctuary. Okay. You were God's expensive purchase paid with tears of blood. Okay. And I could go on and on, but it's, it's basically that. So if you want to have a clean temple, then stay away from perversion and sexual moralities. Okay. So do not commit adultery and do not commit fornication. So yeah, that's what it means to have a clean temple. Okay. So, um, to connect to God, stay away from that stuff because that disconnects you from God. Because like I said earlier about Mary, she 
uh, had to be uh, pure because God is holy. Yes, God is merciful, though he'll give you chances to repent and to not create those mistakes, right? He gives you chance. Every time he wakes you up, he gives you a chance. But you know what I mean? God is also just. You reap what you sow, the Bible says. So if you are sowing in perversion, guess what? There's a sin, there's a curse or something you're not going to like in your life to shake you up and be like, oh my God, Jesus, where are you? Well, stop sinning. You know what I mean? I'm right here. I'm just trying to get your attention basically. Okay. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit is this. I know a lot of people, when they think the Holy Spirit, they think about a person in church speaking in tongues and shaking and all that stuff. It's more than that, people. Okay, so Jesus uh, introduced, other than when Mary got pregnant, introduced the Holy Spirit when he got baptized, okay? He got baptized by his cousin, which is uh, uh, John. And um, so when he got baptized, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. And then um, then later on, it was, was talked about again when he died, when he was in, uh, when he was living uh, to heaven, because you know, you guys know that he resurrected on the third day, but he was still on earth, uh, for 40 more days with the, uh, disciples. And then he left, right? I hope you guys do know that. So he died, resurrected, stayed here, chill here with the disciples for 40 days. And then he left. And before he left, he told the disciples, I'm going to leave you something better, which is going to be your consular, which is going to be your guidance, which is going to be your conviction, which is going to enlighten you with things that you will not understand that I could not make you understand then the Holy spirit. So he left them the Holy spirit behind, right? And then Jesus left because he even said it's better for the Holy Spirit to be here that he could be everywhere within all of us than me just one place at a time. Okay. So that's why he left the Holy Spirit. And then it's also talked about Jesus told the disciples get filled with the Holy Spirit before you go out in preaching. Okay. Cause the, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says in Acts 1 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witness and, and in Jerusalem and Judah and Samaria and all over the ends of the earth. Right. And it talks about all over the, the Bible and another one, um, what's it called? Like you guys also know the fruits of the the spirit, which is patient, love, forgiveness, not holding bad records towards anybody, being merciful and all that good stuff, right? That's how you know that the Holy Spirit is, um, it's pretty good. Well, actually, let me just read it. It's in Galatians 5.22. But the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and good, goodness, and faithfulness, right? That's one of them. There's another scripture that regards this explains more when you know someone's filled with the Holy Spirit. And you want to know that they're filled with the Holy Spirit because there's a lot of religions out there full of themselves. And they just turn off a lot of people, which I don't like. But anyways, back to this. So yeah, all over the Bible is talked about the Holy Spirit. And I could give you another one. Um, the Holy Spirit is also gives you a prophecy. And for Second uh, Peter 1.21, for no prophecy was ever produced by the will of men. But when men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Okay, so it's kind of like the Holy Spirit is your helper to have self-control, discipline and all that stuff. And the Holy Spirit also prophesies through you. The Holy Spirit can give you visions, can give you uh, warnings. You know what I mean? It's, it's when you know you hear those little warnings, right? And the Holy Spirit convicts you too, not judges you, convicts you. There's two different things. Satan judges you so you can feel bad, you can feel like a loser, but the Holy Spirit convicts you in a way that, oh, you did wrong, but it's okay. There's still another chance, right? 
so there's a difference. And then the Holy Spirit has, it's kind of like your best friend. The Holy Spirit is the homie. We don't talk about this a lot. And I've noticed that a lot of churches are not talking about the Holy Spirit, which we really need because like Jesus said, before you go be my witnesses, AKA be preaching about me, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit or else you're going to mess it up. You're going to turn people off. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, um, is connected to God and who knows people more than God. God, right? So God gives you when you're like, for example, like me, a lot of people think, um, a lot of religious people don't, uh, are fearful of the world that they're going to be, um, they're going to be controlled. They're going to be, um, you know, prosecuted and all that stuff. For me, I don't care what happens in the world. I don't care what political parties running the show. I don't care. You know why? Because I'll have the Holy spirit guiding me. Right. So like I could, I could literally go to the hood and hang out with hood people. I could literally go to the gay community and hang out with the gay community. I could literally go to atheist, uh, atheist people and hang out with them but I will not bow my belief. You know why? Because at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit would guide me with each and one of them to respect them, to love them, and even preach to them sometimes. Even they even ask me, how do, how do I, I feel this way? How can you help me? They've even reached out to me. Can you pray for me? You know what I mean? Because I'm being led by the Holy Spirit who knows those people better than I do. So I reduce myself and I increase the Holy Spirit to take a hold of me so I could speak to them. And, and I could speak life and I could speak wisdom and I could speak kindness and they could feel, and, and there's something about when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, people feel safe with you. You know what I mean? I wish I could take the glory and be like, oh, I'm just badass like that. No, I'm not. Trust me. If you knew my past, you will understand. I was a reckless mess. I was a fool. I was mean. I'm not gonna lie. Excuse my language. I was a bitch. You know what I mean? No, I had lost a lot of friends. No, it's the Holy Spirit now that cleansed me from my old self who, uh, who restored me, who taught me and not only to love myself, but also to love others. Like I was so filled with the Holy spirit that I it's, um, I'm filled with his love that I could pour out my love. You know what I mean? And, and people feel that people sense that people see that you don't think they do, but people see it. You know what I mean? So this is why I'm saying we need to be filled with the Holy spirit because the Holy spirit has so much purpose here on earth. So yeah, the Holy spirit has more than just speaking in tongues. Yes, you can speak in tongues. The Bible does talk about it. That's when, uh, the, the disciples, uh, got filled with the Holy spirit and they spoke in tongues and 500 people were saved because they were speaking their language. I I don't know if you guys know that part. I'll put, I'll put the scriptures up when I put the episode up. So yeah. So yes, you do need the Holy spirit. It's not evil. It's actually from God. So those are the difference spirits here on the earth. It's from fallen angels, AKA uh, demons and the Holy spirit. It is a connection to God. So, um, yeah, there's a huge difference. Okay. So now the, we're going to start now with the angels and then I'm going to end it with the demons. Okay. So angels. Okay. So now angels. Okay. So the Bible talks about angels in total 196 times in the old Testament is 103 times and the old in the new Testament is talked about 93 times. Now the type of angels that fell from heaven, well not fell, but cast out from heaven were three third of an angel. So basically let's say like there's a big fight with angels from heaven and angels on earth. Let's say angels from earth is two angels against one angel here on earth the earth. Okay. So it's kind of like good and bad. So yeah, there's more good angels than bad angels. 
Okay, so with that said, I really want to emphasize since the, this is the devil's playground, the Bible does say that everybody born into this earth is born into sin. So basically you are assigned a devil to uh, grow up with you, see who you are, manipulate you throughout the process you know, of your life. But don't fear, there's also angels protecting you. That's why God has a, a, a nurturing angels that come over here and protect you. And I'm going to uh, teach you which ones are those. Okay. So, uh, I found these fascinating regarding angels. Um, number one, they could dress as they could take a, uh, assume the form of a human body. They cannot possess a body, but they could transform themselves into a person. Um, quick example, Genesis 19.1, Hebrews 13.2, um, Acts 8.26, right? There's a lot of ways um, they can, that describes an angel uh, dressing as a human. Okay. Uh, number two, they cannot take worship. All right. They know who their God is. Um, they cannot, they can, they, they will not, they will reject your worship basically because they know their place. Angels is not a race, but it's a company. So, um, just because they can form a, a human body, they don't, uh, um, uh, not, uh, become a human. They don't take one particular race. They're everything basically. Um, so yeah. And it's described that, um, angels are, uh, sons of God. And that's in, I uh, believe before the flood and that's in Genesis six, all the way to, um, where is it at to nine? And this is what trips me out because, um, I'm not, I don't know how to say this, but angels at that time had, uh, <laughs> and now I don't know if they were the good angels or the bad angels. It, it doesn't say it, but this is what it says. Okay. When the human population began to grow rapidly on the earth, the sons, which is the angels of God saw the beautiful women of the human race and took any they wanted as their wives. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not put up with the humans for such a long time for they are only mortals flesh. So God described the humans just as humans, right? But his sons were the angels in the future. They will live no more than 120 years, right? In those days. And even afterwards, giants live on the earth for what, whenever they, whenever the sons of God had intercourse with the human woman, they give birth to children who became the heroes mentioned in the legends of the old. So that kind of tripped me out when I was reading about, uh, because I started reading the old Testament. So that kind of tripped me out that angels had sex with women. And, um, again, I don't know which type of angels. I don't know if it was the good or bad ones, but that's how giants were created, you know, and strong angels, uh, strong giants because they had some power of God, you know, basically. So yeah, so that's a trip for me to share with you guys. I didn't know because, um, one of the things that you also need to know about angels, God gives them free will. They're not robots. They're not controlled, but they will respect God when he says, no, stop. So that's what basically they said, stop, right? Cause the woman, you know, did, you know, went along with it too. And another thing that I also wanted to mention regarding angels, angels can kill humans. I hope you guys know that. Angels can kill humans. That's in Acts 22 and 23, 2 Kings 19 and 35. 
So, I mean, and good angels are not going to be killing everybody, right? And uh, bad angels, which is the demons, have to ask permission to God. So um, angels who kill is because uh, God either sent them to do something. They, can, they don't have too much free will. They always have to answer to God. The free will that uh, God gives is to the human race. Uh, when he gave us uh, this uh, home, which is we call earth, he said, you have dominion and power over this earth, meaning we could do whatever we want here on earth. Um, but you know, we did bad, but anyways, um, but yeah, angels have free will to an extension and they always will obey God. And yeah, so I thought I just wanted to share those fun facts, you know, with you guys. Okay. So there's three types of angels. Okay. And these uh, three types of angels is called, um, number one is the archangel. And then number two, I believe is, I don't know how to pronounce it this guys because of my accent, but I'm going to try my best and I will spell it out so you guys could do it for yourself. Sepharim, no, Seraphim, Seraphim, and it's spelled S-E-R-A-P-H-I-M. Okay. And then the other one is Sherabim. Now I'm going to go through each and one of them. So an archangel is the highest rank of an angel. The, the archangel is the one that has the access to go heaven to earth, heaven into earth, right? The archangel is kind of like the, the army of God. They're the strongest uh, rank of all, right? And, uh, the greatest captain leader is, uh, Michael. And, uh, Michael is called, uh, who like God, right? And he's also, um, kind of like the, what is it called? The, the, the great captain leader of the host and warrior. That's he's a chief angel. That's how he is described. Right. And also, I don't know, you guys could let me know, but Gabriel doesn't really say what type of angel he is, but I think he's an archangel. Now he is called the, the mighty one. Okay. So, um, he is also the one who sent a message to Mary. We know how I talked about, uh, her, uh, angel talking to her regarding getting pregnant. It was Gabriel. And then there was also, uh, a scene, a battle scene in Persia when, a, uh, Gabriel was trying to send a message to, um, the Hebrew people, but there was a, a demon, uh, stalling it. So, uh, Michael had to go and fight. There was a battle scene. And, uh, I believe that's in Daniel 12, one. And also Michael's uh, talked about it in, uh, Daniel, uh, 10. And also Michael's talked about in Jude, uh, one nine, when he was disputing with Satan regarding Moses, uh, body. Um, so yeah, because, uh, they're the strongest being that, um, especially Michael, he could, you know, really kick some butt, you know what I mean? But yeah, he, uh, I want to say this, the angelic, um, uh, uh, in terms of power, uh, God used them to, um, to process a lot of things here on earth. Kind of like the angels are also to protect you and to guide you and from harm. You know what I mean? So that's why when, every time I go somewhere, I'm like, send your angels, Jesus, right. To protect us because that's what they're there for to protect us, something that we do not see. Like, again, you know how I describe that we are body, soul, and spirit. Well, we have two types of realms in this earth, the physical realm and also the spiritual realm, something, the spiritual realm that we do not see, but the angels do see. So always remember that. Um, so yeah, so that's one of the angels. And then, um, we also have the, the seraphim. Um, now this one this one is described, uh, only one, uh, two times, my bad. It's, it's described two times in, uh, um, 
in Revelations 4, 8 and, uh, Isaiah, um, six, uh, all the chapter six. And then, um, what is it called? They are described as the fairy, the fairy serpent closest to God. They encircled his throne and in with intense fire, uh, and with a lot of love right now, these angels. Now you think of an angel and you think of a human with big wings, right? And he's white. Okay. That's the one thing that I want to break down to you guys. Um, the archangel is not really described, uh, compared to, um, the seraphim and the cherubim. Um, but I really want to break that down because I don't know why the Catholic church made an angel white and God white and Jesus white, but that's just a lie. So the fair, uh, seraphim is described to have four faces, six wings. Now the six wings have a purpose. Two wings cover their face, two wings cover their feet, and the other two wings is to fly. Okay. Now these seraphims, uh, stay with God. They do not leave uh, God's presence. Uh, they are the worshipers, right? They worship God. And when they stop worshiping, they kind of fall balanced. So that's their purpose to, you know, worship their God and, and to love him and to give all that to the throne, right? So that's the other rank. Okay. The, the third rank is a cherubim. Now, Lucifer is a cherubim. Lucifer was also, uh, they also worship God. Uh, now the cherubim is in the presence of God and also on earth. Okay. Um, Lucifer was described to be the worship leader. Everybody said that he is described to have, um, he was the most beautiful angel of them all, right? He had instruments in his body. He had all these wings. He has all these heads, right? And, um, that is described in Ezekiel 28, 12 to 15. Okay. And, uh, they were worship and they will worship God and all that stuff. And, uh, how the cherubims are described is not a chunky white baby. Okay. So again, the Catholic church went wrong there. Okay. So they serve God's will. That's how they, and they're performing uh, divine duties on earth. So they're both places, right? So a cherubim has four faces. Okay. So, uh, the cherubim is, has a human face, a lion face, the angel face, or either, or ox or an eagle face. Okay. So that's what a cherubim has. They have four faces like the seraphim. The only difference is they have different types of faces. Okay. It's an animal, human, and, uh, an angel face. Crazy, right? So yeah. And they also have, uh, um, four types of wings. Okay. So it's a trip that angels are scary looking, <laughs> you know what I mean? But that's how they're described. Now the cherubim is also talked about in Genesis three. They're the first ones to be talked about Genesis three twenty four, And the purpose is because you know how the Adam and Eve, uh, ate that apple. So you guys know that they ate the apple from the tree of uh, knowledge. Well, there was another tree, the tree of life. If they, and God didn't want them to eat from that tree, which is the tree of life is they will live forever. And God didn't want that. So that's why he exiled them from the, from the garden. But the thing is that we need to understand that since Adam and Eve were, they were strong, they could sense and be in the presence of God. Therefore they were strong. So God needed to put an angel to protect that place. And, um, it is, it says that the, the cherubim, um, was put on the, 
the east side of the Garden of Eden with the flaming sword. Okay, so that's what it's described. Um, and it's, it's, it's also described in many places like um, um, Samuel, Psalms, Isaiah, Revelations, and Exodus. So yeah, it's, it, the Bible talks a lot about angels. So again, if you believe in angels, guess what? You also have to believe in demons because these demons that are fallen, never forget this, they were in those ranks too. So we don't know what type of demons they fell, well, thrown off and what rank they were in. And remember, an archangel is the strongest one. So we don't know if there's a demon who used to be an archangel. Okay. And remember that. I don't know why I'm making that voice, but anyway, so yeah, so I just found that very fascinating. There's different ranks, different strength, different purposes. And yeah, so God will use these angels. And, um, I just very found it very fascinating. And I just, I just loved all of this. And, um, I believe it's also in second uh, Peter's two, four. And, um, yeah. So now let's talk about, uh, the demons. Yeah. All right. Okay, so now let's talk about demons and angels. Now, before I get this, I know a lot of people get all um, either excited about these Lucifer and the demons, or they get super scared. Um, number one, they're just copycats. They don't have the power, so I wouldn't get excited, nor would I get scared, okay? Always remember that you have the power and authority, and the reason you have the authority because of what Christ did for you guys. Now, um, Satan does have power, right? But since you also have power and authority, Satan is limited to his ways in your life, unless you let him, unless you give him permission. Okay. So Satan, uh, was thrown down and that's why he is called different names. He's the wicked one, the prince of this world, the prince of the power of the air. And that's in Ephesians 2, 2, 6, 12, Matthew 12, 24. Um, and it's also the, he's also the God of this world and age. And that's in second, uh, Corinthians 4, 4. There's so many scriptures, scriptures. He's also the deceiver that's in Revelations 2, 2, 3, 8 and 10, right? So Satan is described as also as the dragon, the serpent. He has a lot of names, right? Now, there's now that since Satan and his uh, angels that followed him uh, are now demons. Now they have different purposes than when they were in heaven and they also have different ranks. Okay. So when they were thrown down to heaven, uh, from heaven, uh, they are now bowing down to loose, uh, to Satan. And these demons continue to serve the devil in the attempts to lead the world away from God and into sin. So that's basically their job is to lead you to lead you away from, uh, from God. And he has methods and ways. Okay. He did this with, uh, Eve and Adam. And he also did this with Jesus when he's being tempted. So it's basically, um, he knows how to trick you. And the reason why he knows how to do that, always remember Satan was before you. Satan was here before the world was even formed. So he's seen the human race in many types of ways and is knows it's, it's habits and knows it's wants it's desires and everything. And also remember that the Bible says that anyone who's born into this world is born into sin. Why? Because this world is the devil's playground, basically, because thanks a lot to Adam when he broke that uh, covenant that he had with God, because 
the the whole point of God creating the human race was for us to have dominion and power of this world, right? Which we still have, but he, uh, Adam gave the access to Satan and take over our 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 knowledge. That's why he ate the book of I mean he ate the apple of the knowledge, right? So now he perverted us, and now our fleshly desires are a little perverted, a little bit prideful, a little bit arrogant, a little bit greedy, and all that ugly stuff, right? We have that nature within all of us. We all do. So, um, the only way for us to, um, take over and, and have power and authority over these desires is like, I guess, I, I, again, like I said, how you receive the Holy spirit is through receiving Christ. Okay. So, but other than that, you will be influenced by these demons because we are all assigned a demon when we're born. This demon observes you since day one and knows what you want and knows what you like and knows what you desire and is going to manipulate you to, uh, pursue that. And especially if it's the, against, uh, the will of God, right? So, because we're also, the Bible describes it, that we are, um, we are created in the image of God, right? Which is good, right? But God is not going to create people that just to send them to hell. God is not that way. It is, that's Lucifer's ways that, you know, that it takes us away from that. Okay. So the way it does it, it has four ways that I've, I, I, I realized that it does it. And this is how he did it with Adam and with, uh, with Jesus. The only difference is between Adam and Jesus is that Adam just didn't say nothing, right? He just took it, right? He just, just didn't say anything, but Jesus did spoke back. That's the difference. And that's why Jesus defeated Satan. You have to speak back. Like the Bible says, your words have power. Anyways. So this is the way number one, Satan always, well, not Satan. Cause he can only be one place at a time. I'm not going to give him too much power. He's not God. Um, so the demon that you are assigned makes you question what God said. Did God really say that? Are you sure? Number two, Satan points. I mean, the demon points out, out the one thing you cannot have, like as if God is withholding from you, bad God, right? Number three, the demon calls God a liar, right? Kind of like, can God really do this? Is God who he really is? It does God really have power? Are you sure you can trust this God? You know what I mean? And number four, what happened to Satan? He wants to put in you. So the demon, what it does, it makes you, uh, um, believe that you are better than God. Like, you know, have you ever found yourself telling God what to do or what you want, but why you don't give it to me, God? I know I want this. I know I'm ready, God, but God's not giving to you because God knows better. Right. But we get that little arrogant, prideful side. Yeah. That's the demon telling you that that is, uh, that's not humbleness. That is pride. And one of the things that God hates is pride. Let's just kind of keep it real right here. So that's what the demon does. It, it manipulates you. It does not control you and it cannot possess you. The only time it can control you is when you give him permission. The only time it could possess you is when you walk him in. Okay. There's a difference. You give him permission by bowing down to the thought. And then that thought creates a feeling. Okay. And then you, everybody knows our feelings runs our actions and our words and our sight and our everything. So that's how you bow to it, right? Possess, possess, possess means that you welcome it and it takes full control over your body, your soul, everything, right? And it's described when, you know, the disciples were trying to cast out demons. Even Jesus called, uh, cast out demons when you're demon possessed. We know that happens. I've seen it happen live. Trust me, right? The thing about me, I've never been scared about Satan because I've always known I have power. You know what I mean? I have this authority that can't get me. 
I'm the ruler because the Bible even says we're the head, not the tail, right? So yeah, anyway, so that's are the, the ways it's um, kind of like it manipulates you. And like I said earlier, Satan has been here and the demons have been here longer than you. So it notes the human behavior, okay? So yeah, so another thing that I really want to emphasize is that um, since the demons are, like I said, angels have ranks, also demons have ranks, Okay, and the demons ranks are, go to Ephesians 6, 12, and it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against, number one, rulers, against uh, the authorities, that's number two, against the powers of darkness, that's number three, of this world, and against spiritual forces, that's number four, and uh, the fifth one is evil in the heaven heavenly realms. Okay, so remember, we are have two realms on this earth. We have the earthly realm and the spiritual realm. Okay. So they're darkness principalities, and that's how it describes in different, uh, um, verses. And the, the purpose is basically, uh, to in second Corinthians four, four, it says, um, it prowls the earth looking for someone who, to devour, you know what I mean? To, and to kind of like devour is kind of, it always goes for the mind. The mind is such a powerful tool that that's where it goes first. Um, but I don't want to give too much credit to the demons and uh, the uh, Lucifer that, oh, they have so much power that a lot of people get scared or whatever. But um, I've always known that it's limited. The demons and devils always have to bow to God and to Satan. They cannot do nothing without God's permission. Now, you can ask yourself, then, if it so it's God's will for this world to be so corrupted and evil, again, that was with the curse. When Adam ate that apple, the curse was for the man, the curse was for the woman, the curse was for the serpent, and the curse was, was for the earth. This earth is cursed. That's why there's going to be um, the falls and the seven years of tribulation and all that stuff, which I'm going to get into really quickly. Um, but I, before I get into that, I really want to emphasize that Satan and his demons doesn't have so much power. Like in Luke 2, 22, 31, Jesus told Peter, which is, uh, they used to call him Pete, uh, Simeon, but they changed into Peter, that he even told them, Satan demanded permission to swift you uh, like wheat. Basically, Satan went to God to ask permission to kill you, to destroy you, right? So he needs to ask for permission. Of course, God said no, because Peter was going to preach to the whole, you know, place to many places, basically. And um, unclean spirits, which is demons, obey God, uh, Jesus. What, like I said earlier, that Jesus cast out demons, that's in Mark uh, 1 27. That's one scripture, but there's many more. Read the Bible. And then there's other ones. Um, you yourself can resist the, uh, you can resist him by standing firm in your faith and, and getting to your power and, and knowing, um, um, your strength, right? Cause the Bible says, put on the, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the shield of faith, the sword of the, uh, the sword, which is the word of God in the shoes of peace, right? That's your armor, which is spiritual armor. And, um, and, and when it says to resist, you resist when you have faith in God, right? And that's what Satan tries to go for. That's why the mind has so powerful that it affects your emotions. And when you're so emotional, you forget your, a 
about your faith because that's when you're lacking, right? You're questioning your God because you're paying attention to your emotions, right? And your emotions is run by your, your thoughts, right? So that's in Peter 5, 9. Now, another way that Satan asked permission was about Job and this all over uh, Job, right? And Job 1, 9 through 11, 1 and 12 and 121 and 2, 6, right? And all over that, it, um, um, it, it also asks permission. Um, where is it at? Romans eight twenty eight. God uses Satan for his purpose, right? So it's kind of like, there's three reasons why God lets something happened either to correct you. God, God gives Satan permission to do stuff, right? Um, to you, if you are a believer, if you are in faith and, and if you're a good person or whatever, you're not involved with the ways of this world, right? God will always let permission to Satan to do two, for two reasons, to correct you or to elevate you basically, um, either because you're doing something wrong or you're stuck and he wants you to get your ass up right? So there's always a reason why your faith is being tested because untested faith is unreliable. But when God tests your faith, it strengthens it. And then that's when you believe God more. And, and through all those times that God, uh, let Satan, um, uh, either hurt you or try to, uh, um, do something that is going to be questioning your God. That's when God shows himself. Like there's an old saying, a Spanish one that Dios no orca, pero si aprieta. God doesn't choke, but he does a squeeze. And because let's be honest, we are hard headed. We think we know better, or we think that it's so uh, that I don't have to move. It's not for me, or you, we're very fearful or whatever the case is. God needs, God knows how to get our attention basically. And God knows where to get our attention or we're being too prideful and, and God knocks us down from our high horse. There's different reasons why God lets Satan do something, but it's always for our purpose. It's always for our good, right? But that's when we need to practice our faith, right? Um, so yeah, so there's reasons uh, and purposes for that. Now, before I end this, I want to end it with the basically what's going to happen to Satan. And I've described this about earlier that say there's three falls regarding Satan's destiny. He already had the first fall, right? That he was cast down from heaven. The second, uh, fall is going to be after the seven years in the, uh, after the tribulation, right? Which is going, he's going to be, uh, confined to the bottom of his pit. Now that's in revelations 21 to three, seven and nine, 12 and nine. Okay. After, uh, one, uh, 1000 years, I believe, uh, or 100,000 years, I forgot the years, but he's going to be free. And this is going to be the last fight, like the Armageddon, right? Like, like he's going to, Satan's going to try to get the false prophets. You know what I mean? He's going to get, uh, the demons and he's going to get everybody who, you know, basically was, you know, for him, um, or who got the mark right? During the tribulation, um, he's going to try to get everybody and well, he's going to be defeated. And when he's defeated, that's going to be the third fall, which is going to be, he's going to be consigned to the lake of fire. That's when he's going to be in hell, completely in hell. And he's going to be in the lake of fire burning with the rest who followed him. Okay. That's his destination. Now I also want to emphasize this, the lake of fire hell, Hades, however you want to call it, it was not built for the human race. A lot of people, I probably mentioned this earlier, but I really want to say this again. Um, God is love. Therefore he didn't assign this place for anybody he created, but 
like I said, God gives us free will. If you do not want to follow him, if you do not want to believe in him, if you do not want to obey him, he gives you free choice. That's your, uh, that's your uh, prerogative. You can choose a side. God is not going to force his ways on you. Okay. Um, but I will, I, I, me as a Christian, I will have to tell you if it's not God's way, uh, you're going to go to Satan's way and that's where you're going to end up with your God in the lake of fire, basically. And you know, I cannot do anything about it. You're a grown adult. You decide, right? Uh, but that's the Christian belief. That's what we believe in. And you know, hopefully we're wrong, right? I wish we were wrong that there was no such thing as hell, but it is written in the Bible. So we do have to, um, acknowledge it and know you cannot pay someone to get you out of hell. I know a lot of practices do that. A lot of religions do that, but you cannot do that. Only you, um, can decide as long as you have the chance to, you know, wake up the next morning, you have a chance to repent, right? That's why a lot of I personally think that's why a lot of bad people, you know, last longer here on earth because God is giving them chances after chances because he deeply wants his creation to go to heaven with him. You know, like I said earlier, God didn't create people just to send them to hell. That's not God, but Satan rules this earth. So, you know, but yeah, so that's, uh, angels and demons and the Holy Spirit episode. I hope you guys enjoy it. And, um, yeah, it was a lot of information, which I love looking up on and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Okay. This is your girl, Lita Rose. I'm out. Be blessed and stay blessed and please choose Jesus. <laughs>